it's it's going to be interesting, you know, because I, I feel like shout out to Lady Gaga, <laughs> Lady Gaga. Um, um, but um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. What's up, everyone? What's up? You are now listening to episode five of Own No Loops. Can you believe it? Uh, <laughs> I hope. I sure. Why not? <laughs> so yeah, we're we're broadcasting live from a secret location deep in the Oakland Hills. Okay. And yeah, and so we're we're not in one of those like uh, observatory back rooms or something where we like Batman or something, is it? It's it's kind of a bad cave, but you know. Okay. Um, no butler yet. No I'm, butler. I'm, I'm working on that though. Mm-hmm. In this episode, uh, we want to talk about uh, so-called political hip hop, specifically as it kind of relates to Kendrick Lamar's "Pimple Butterfly," which um, I believe just had its its or it's about to have its two-year anniversary. Yeah, March of 2015. Can you believe it? It's been yeah. two years. Yeah. Since that masterpiece came out, and I know there was all that talk about, should we call it a classic? I can't believe we're calling it a classic. But it's a classic album. It won all the awards. Everybody was talking about it. People were in awe of the album and of what he put together. So many different viewpoints that people have been studying over and over and over again. It it, it was a highly celebrated album at that time, a whole two years ago. Was but, there controversy? I'm sorry, you, you you said something about there being controversy about whether to call it classic. Was was that? Um, I wouldn't say. Maybe controversy is a strong word. Okay. I think it was more so because there was a lot of that talk around Good Kid, Mad City. If we are gonna call it a classic one day, and then it kind of spread on to that. Mm. Um, because a lot of people sometimes say that this album's an instant classic, but I'm amongst the people who think that if you're still talking about it a year or two later in such high regards and like people of different ages and different backgrounds are finding a lot of gold, a lot of uh, new knowledge and, and, and just digging back to it, I would say it's a classic or, you know, influenced a section of the art form, I yeah. would say it's a classic. Yeah, I mean, in general, I think that classic denotes like a measure of time. Like classic means, you know, timeless, right? But um, I think there are times, so I'm, I'm not quick to usually call it an album classic if I like it, but, you know, or if I really like it, if I love it. But I think there are certain albums where you listen to them and it's like, oh yeah, this is, this is classic. Like, you can just, you know it when you hear it. And I think this is one of those albums. Well, let me ask you this question real quick. If Kendrick said, I'm hanging it up, I'm never coming out with anything else again, do you think he could tour this album for like the next 10, 15 years? That's a good question. Given the climate of the country right now and the climate of the world, he probably could. Mm-hmm. Maybe not for 10 years, <laughs> but like five. Uh, I would think longer just because of the music alone. Mm-hmm. I would say that he can. And then and when you go to the topic that we're talking about today, um, political hip-hop, unfortunately, there are some topics there that are not going away tomorrow. And um, I think there's that. I mean, there's also some non, non-political topics on there that are things that might stick with us. But when it comes to the politics, yeah, um, uh, 
police brutality, poverty, institutional racism, a lot of things that were touched on there that I don't think are going away anytime soon, mm-hmm. a need for prison reform, that uh, he could be talking about for a while. Yeah. And then also, again, the music, other topics that he touched on, and, and, and just the feel-good effect of, we gonna be all right. You know, I yeah. think that he could do that. But from what I'm gathering, he's not planning to do that. So it's just a... It's just a hypothetical question. Right, yeah. You talk about um we're gonna be all right. I mean that I think that song now, especially given that, you know, Donald Trump is the president and given all the horrible things we've seen just in the past in the you know, we're within what, the coming up on the third week of his of his presidency. <laughs> and it's like every day there's some new bullshit you know some bullshit executive order or what have you so people are feeling angry and like more angry and afraid than when he was first elected even so a song like we gonna be all right i think is gonna end up i mean it was kind of it was already like an anthem in 2015 like that summer but i think it's gonna be even more of a of an anthem you know as as we try to trudge through and fight through this yeah uh, this administration people still uh reference it on social media you know this this is my song this is what i'm feeling right now i'm not not really feeling what's going on so this is my jam yeah so i mean what do you think the effect of the album has had on uh current hip-hop as far as from a political standpoint on current hip-hop i think i don't think it's probably i don't think it's maybe had the effect that i would hope it would have I think, but I think there are artists who maybe feel a bit more empowered to be a bit more, I don't want to say political, because it's not like people are rapping about filibusters and... No, no, definitely not. Congressional... I mean, no, no, no. We're, but, we're, we're not going to you know, get there. But but it's, just, you know, just more, more like, lyrics that are more world... Uh, aware let's say just more aware of what's of what's going on and addressing things that are actually going on in the world as opposed to how many women you fucked this week or or you know how much money you made this week which you know fine if you made a lot of money you fucked a lot of women that that's cool that's 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 cool but but um i mean you know if 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 that's your life and and you know hey congratulations but scared money makes money scared money does um, make money <laughs> yeah. as an and as an example like i know that common has publicly said that his album his most recent album black america again was influenced by kendrick like he felt like he felt more comfortable i mean common is someone who to a certain extent has always been tagged with that conscious label even even when he wasn't necessarily conscious i, I think well yeah yeah i mean that's that's what they're gonna tag you when you go outside of the yeah. um the, the script the, the script the the money hose and clothes and uh the, those same typical things yeah and he went outside of that by about his second or third album yeah and it was like okay yeah 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 we're gonna we're gonna market you that way yeah <laughs> i mean i think common has just always been like an honest artist i think and i think that's just if there had been an increase in quote-unquote conscious rap or conscious records in the past couple of years I think it's more so just because artists are being honest with themselves with because there's been a lot of overwhelming shit that's happened in the past couple of years with all the uh, the the killing of innocent unarmed black people at the hands of police, you know, which is, you know, just clearly oppressive and, and racist. And so it's you can't escape it. It's, it's you can't escape that. So if you're being honest at all, and you, I think in your 
in your records, then you're gonna have something to say about that. So, so I think Common has always been an honest artist. So, but I think that you know, again, he he has said that that he felt like uh, Kendrick Lamar made him feel more comfortable to make an album that focused more on those topics or make songs that are more pointed in their discussion of current events. So, I think that's one effect. I mean, you have. I, I'm I'm curious. I'm I'm not sure how much like so. You have an artist like uh like YG, yeah. Um, who, you know, is a quote unquote gangster rapper if you want to if you want to use that term. So we've seen you know he did um him and Nip- Nipsey Hussle did uh fuck Donald Trump aka FDT in yeah it's FDT in uh, fuck Donald Trump. Well, <laughs> no, it's fuck Donald Trump. Let's let's, <laughs> let's let's be very clear. Um, but they came out with that in March. Uh, 2016, and that was a record that was, you know, it, it uses the beat from uh, shout out to the uh, Conscious Daughters, Oakland's own Conscious Daughters. What what it was that? Funky Expedition, I think that was their first single back mm-hmm. in the 90s. Um, yeah, it's a record that again, I think another record that's going to be like an anthem for the next, at least, hopefully not not four years, but but you know, we'll we'll see how how this shit goes. <laughs> I, like, I, have, I have no idea what they're planning to do, but. Let's say the next four years, uh, that, that, that that's going to be another anthem. I think FDT and All Right by Kendrick are going to be like two anthems going forward. And and so that was a record that came out that was really, it just really captured the pulse of how people felt. Um, you, can, you can call it a political record. I guess it's a political record. Well, yeah, because I mean, it's a whole record basically saying, fuck this dude and everything he stands for. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it... it... It didn't go too deeply into his thought process, especially at that time when we were like, this dude ain't going to win anything. That, that's, yeah, yeah, we were still in denial about yeah. the power of racism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So since he was kind of rising amongst the contenders, we were like, oh, well, uh, this is kind of how we feel right now. And you know and I know that hip-hop over the last i don't know how many years has had a positive attachment with donald trump right Um, right i mean black trump there's Um, countless (laughs) countless countless lines records references all that and uh because he was he was a symbol of monetary success yeah and monetary success is one of the uh, or you know i mean it's one of the cornerstones of 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 hip-hop topics like like rappers from from the beginning, have have talked shit about how much money they make and how how fat they're living. Yeah, fat. yeah. Because you haven't heard the term fat since 1995. But, <laughs> but that's fine. Isn't Fat Farm still around? I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's another topic. Shout out to Argyle socks. Argyle um, socks and sweaters. That's right. That's right. Sweater vests. <laughs> they're gonna make a comeback. They're gonna make a comeback. Um, Fucking um, Rick Santorum fucked it up for everybody. <laughs> anyway, um, so but yeah, like I don't. I, it's hard to say how much. Like if you see, if if we do see an increase in political or conscious rap records, how much of that is directly influenced by Kendrick, and how much of that is just just influenced by the world at large? Well, I think it's a mix of both. Yeah. So I. I, agree. I I would say like this. So prior to Kendrick coming um, out with that album, and, and I'm not going to say that there was absolutely nobody in all of hip-hop talking of course. Uh, political um, topics or anything like that, because obviously there were, and there have been people who have done it for years, yeah. and I can name several examples. I'm not going to go into that quite yet. But 
you have somebody who was selling a platinum album going to the white house grammy yeah. nominations yeah let's appear on this show and that show yeah. and this show and austin city limits has a rapper ever been on there <laughs> you know all of this stuff and he's talking political now the thing about a kendrick album is that it's still grounded in where he came from even though it was talking about you know and like you stated it wasn't talking about filibusters and lobbyists <laughs> yeah, and all yeah, of yeah. that but it was talking about hey this is what's going on with my people right and i'm not gonna be out here talking about the latest car because there's some crazy shit going on with my people yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that needs to be uh brought to light so you know for him to come out with blacker the berry and say you know you you, you want to kill me <laughs> you, yeah you're afraid of me yeah. um me. and then you know to come out on television appearances in a jail suit and oh, chains yeah. and you know mm-hmm. that spoke volumes that was and the grammys I believe that was it. Yeah. I'm not 100. Yeah. percent um, So for somebody else to follow that up and say, you know what, I got these 15 tracks about uh, hosing cars. Maybe I could donate one or two tracks to that and see what happens. Right. You know, and and there were uh, 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 albums that were marketed as political, and there were albums that actually were political. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there was some marketing behind uh, the Young Jeezy album. Church in these streets. Church in these streets, where it was marketed as being very political, but it wasn't so much. Yeah, yeah, I was disappointed by that. I, I listened to it, and I was like, uh, I mean, if nothing else, just from a musical standpoint, I found it kind of boring. It wasn't, it nothing really grabbed me. Maybe one or two songs, but in general, it didn't grab me. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was, you know, from the cover to how it was marketed, you were thinking something different. Yeah. But then there was T.I.'s album, yeah. um, Us or Else, the EP, and then the full uh, album, Letter yeah. to the System. Yeah. That actually went in and started touching on, hey, you know, this is what my people are going through. This is, this is the current state of uh, black folk. This is serious. Yeah. And for him to do that, I... I definitely respected it because I was saying to myself, okay, well, (laughs) I would love for you to talk about something different. Obviously, you're going to do you and feed your kids and all of that, but it'd be great, especially in this day and age when all this stuff is going on. Yeah. Um, And that's what he did, and it was was surprising. Yeah. And and T.I., you know, also has been, you know, vocal on social media. He's he's written, like, open letters to... I believe, like, Jim Brown and, and uh, Martin Luther King III, like, you know, people who have, who have met with Trump. Like, like he's been very vocal about certain things. And I think there probably is influence from Kendrick there, but I think it's also influence just from people just being fed the fuck up by seeing, by watching black people being executed by police. I think that really fueled people to say, wait a minute, let me, you know, there's, there's more to talk about. But it, but it is surprising that he would pretty much dedicate entire projects to to talking about something other than, you know, his usual rhetoric. And so it's refreshing to see that. And it's, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Like, is this going to be just a phase for him? Is his next album going to be more typical T.I.? Or is he going to maybe integrate more of the quote-unquote conscious records into his next album or, or what? And he's a gifted rapper. It, it, you know, there's nothing to take away from his talent. It's just that... T.I. is someone who... 
I wasn't. I've never been a big fan of his music, but as a rapper, I think he's pretty dope. Um, and I think since he started writing again with Paper Trail, he was like way better than he he was at first. But yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then you know a few other surprises with some passing references, like uh, you mentioned Common earlier with his last album, Black America Again. Yes. he had the actual tr- um, title track, and he had a few people on there uh, with the remix, Pusha the remix. T, Gucci Mane, who. Had a surprising verse. Yeah, he had a surprising verse, and he's been uh, tweaking his subject matter a little bit since he uh, has made his comeback. Yeah, I mean, he got out of prison and you know lost a bunch of weight, and is talking about you know not drinking and and not not doing drugs or whatever. And so um, it'll be interesting to see. Like, I'm not a huge fan of Gucci Man. I I listened to the album he put out, the first album, because he thinks he's already put out like three albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I listened to the first one. I didn't like it at all. Like straight up, I, I was disappointed. I didn't like it at all. But I'm hoping that whatever changes he made while he was in prison, I hope that that sticks and I hope that it shapes his art. So it'll be interesting to see what he does going forward. But yeah, like I really do. And I mentioned this on the first episode of Own No Loops, the podcast. And uh, <laughs> but um, I really I really like his verse on that song. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's on top of the world right now with Bad and Bougie. <laughs> Wait, he's not on Bad and Bougie. He is. Is he? He is. No, he's on. Uh, he's, he's he's on, on Black Beatles. He's on Black Beatles. Ah, my bad. That's the, the other one. <laughs> yeah, my bad. The other the other hot song. My bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, he's he's living off of that right now. He's one, and then you know, there's some other people who I guess are dabbling in it. You know, the game who had his verse on the Black Eyed Peas record. Where's the love? 2016. Mm. Um, which is kind of controversial because he said. Uh, you know, something about all lives all matter. All lives matter. Yeah. No. You, you, and you can't look. I don't care what you say. You can't be. You it's you you you're one or the other. You, either your black lives matter or your all lives matter. Yeah. It, it's you're either you're, you're with them or you're with us. <laughs> so so it's like even if you're trying to make a valid point, like yes, all lives do matter. Of course, we know that. But well, we know that. The problem is everyone doesn't know that. You know, it's 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 black lives matter until until everyone recognizes it. Then we can say, yeah, all lives matter. Yes, Marcus! <laughs> um, other examples of, I guess, people who are somewhat of a surprise, uh, Eminem's eight-minute political... Spoken word spoken piece? Spoken word piece yeah. campaign speech back in October. Oh, my goodness, this guy. Woo! And that's kind of... He kind of goes back and forth between... His usual kind of "quote unquote" shock value raps, and then throwing in some political statements here and there. Well, I mean, it's his approach to it, which is, of course, shock value, mm-hmm. and talk about everything that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was awesome. I thought it was great that he did it in the spoken word version, and it worked. It really worked. I mean, him trying to put it over a beat for eight minutes just probably wouldn't have worked at all. It, spoken word piece that just touched on everything it's awesome um joey badass land of the free which came out on inauguration day yeah i thought that was dope i feel he's generally open-minded but for him to just really go in on that track was just awesome yeah listen to it if you haven't listened to it already um and then there are some usual suspects that usually touch on um the uh political uh category such as uh, such as well, you got what Run the Jewels, of course. Um, I mean, Run the Jewels has always been 
again, for me, it's it's about their they're honest in their music. They they run the gamut from braggadocio to political to emotional, you know. And and so I think again, if you're an artist who's honest in your music, then if there's shit going on in the world, it's gonna come out in your in your rhymes. And so I think Killer Mike represent. I mean Killer Mike. Uh, run the jewels. <laughs> Showcase. Don't that. leave out LP. I, I never <laughs> never leave out LP. They're like on their most recent record that just came out on like Christmas or Christmas Eve or whatever. You know they have the song "Talk to Me," which kind of addresses certain topics. But thieves. I think thieves, yeah, oh, thieves. But I think in general they again their music has this this energy that is just very kind of anti-establishment and anti-bullshit basically. And they they capture the feeling of the youth. And you know to that point, uh, you know Killer Mike was was a huge not only a huge supporter of Bernie Sanders but he was even like working for the campaign yeah at, at one point and so I think that kind of just carries over into I think I mean I don't want to get into a, a discussion about the, the election and how the Democrats fucked up <laughs> but, but but there was there was a clear there was a very clear movement under under Bernie Sanders and I feel like one of the jewels kind of indirectly represented that like the, yeah. and the, and the energy yeah, that their music brings is an, is a youthful energy that could have been harnessed in the election, but it wasn't. There are so many people who um, definitely could have jumped in on that. You know, and, and considering this day and age, for certain things that happen, whether it be police brutality or a certain situation that happens at this moment where you can hear something that happened at three o'clock in the afternoon and you've got your own studio and you're able to record something and uploading before day's end. I, I figure that there would be a lot more output for certain things, especially for some of the more popular artists. You know, we've got all these surprise albums and everything dropping these days. Um, I would figure that there would be more. I'm glad with what we have. Yeah. Everything is, is a surprise now. Yeah. If your album has a release date, you're lame. <laughs> Apparently. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Some of the other usual suspects we had, um, of course, Public Enemy came out with an album recently, uh, Man Playing God's God Laughs. Yeah. And then, of course, Talib and, of course, Chuck D uh, with heavy Twitter presence. presence. Yeah, I think some people wish that Talib, Talib's Twitter presence was toned down a bit. I think he tends to argue with people who he should just ignore. But at least he has a voice that's out there. He's got a lot of followers who uh, are listening. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's that's definitely a good thing. Yeah. And of course, Common, which we had previously mentioned. And then, of course, uh, Nas, who uh, touched on recent topics on um, the Robin Thicke record, which came out a month or so ago, Deep. And um, with Nas, and this is probably a little off topic, but I really think with his untitled Apple album that came out a few years ago, I think it's about seven, eight years now, that compared to, to Pimp a Butterfly, I find those albums to be really similar. I mean, the music behind To Pimp a Butterfly was definitely superior. I wouldn't even compare. No. But the topics touched in the thought process I find to be a little similar. You know, with Nas's album, you didn't have the spoken word. You didn't have as good a selection of music. No, an arrangement. Not. I thought it was okay. 
but it was okay. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. It was okay. Yeah, I thought it was okay, but I think with being outspoken and being controversial to a point, they are similar. And just saying, you know what, this is the current state of things that we believe in, and you really have to sit down and think about it, like even all the way down to fried chicken and mm. mustard. Like, yeah, this is what you're eating, <laughs> you know? And then uh, there was the whole discussion behind things of that time, which, you know, was only a few years ago, the N-word, and, and then uh, the current state of community at that time. I, I, I found that it was an album that should have been celebrated a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Probably, if it came out now, would be highly you're, celebrated. You're, you're probably, that's a good point. Yeah. And what's interesting about Untitled, I think, is the AKA Nigger. I think that album, like there wasn't necessarily, it wasn't necessarily, like that album was released, it was it was released before Obama was elected. It, right? it was released maybe a few months before Obama was Right, elected. yeah, because he had the song Black President. Yeah. That. Is it was released? It wasn't necessarily released in a time of great turmoil, like you could argue that Kendrick's album was. So it was just an album that Nas felt like making at the time. He, he's, you know, it was something that he just he, had, I guess, felt that he needed to make an, a full album. I mean, Nas is always, again, Nas to me is one of those artists who is a bit more honest in his music than your average rapper. And so I think he just decided, like he 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 would always sprinkle things in here and there. But I think. I guess at some point he, he just felt like overwhelmed with things and wanted to make a whole album around that topic. But but like you said, that album, Untitled, it, it touches on various aspects of politics and of blackness. Yeah. And Timbo Butterfly does the exact same thing. So I, yeah. I, see where, I see where you're going with that. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, I have no idea where Nas is going next. I'm anxious. Nas album done. Nas album. <laughs> Nas is... <laughs> to keep it grammatically correct, Nas's album is probably not done at all. Because, I mean, he, he, I just saw him in an interview where he was saying that, yeah, I just haven't felt like making an album. <laughs> or, yeah. like, or like, he's like, I haven't been inspired to finish an album yet. So, But anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where he goes. And it would be interesting to see if he makes an album that's a bit more pointed in terms of subject matter. Or if he makes an album more like the last one where, he, again, he just kind of sprinkles jewels or sprinkles... That those honest reflections um, in and out of, of of the records. Right, right. But yeah, I mean, I would definitely say "To Pimp a Butterfly" is, is the superior record easily. But "Untitled" is it? It was a, it was a very interesting album, and at the time, I I did like it. Aside from a couple tracks, I did like it uh, quite a bit. I did too. I mean, I I've revisited recently. It's it's one of the three or four Nas albums that I I do own. So I I have been listening to it, and I'm just like, wow, this. Yeah, he sold a few albums here, like, you know, it did well, it was number one in the country, but I, I really think it, it could have gone a lot further, and I was just like, wow, uh, especially these days, thinking about uh, what we're going through, I, I don't know, but it kind of is what it is, and, and I'm curious to see what he comes out with, with uh, the things going on these days. But um, I got one last... I guess question or yes. topic or whatever. Yes. yes. Do you think we'll ever, 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 ever return to the times of uh, uh, 1990 when it seemed like every other message was political, somewhat political, where mm. you did have a public enemy, an ex clan, a brand Nubian mm. getting political, um, pretty much every other rapper who was on the radio 
touching on something going on in either the black community or the White House. Yeah. Do you think it could ever get back to that, or is that just something that'll just never return? Like, we'll never go back to what it was, just because it's not what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, the the things that influence rap music, the marketplace, the the how how the money is made. It's just it's all it's very different than how it was in the the late '80s, and so we can never we can never go back to that. I mean, hip hop was kind of founded out of a feeling of like hopelessness, right? Like it yeah. was founded in you know in in the Bronx in, during a time when the Bronx was just a you know a war zone and a shithole, basically. Yeah. No disrespect to the Bronx, but <laughs> you know, hip hop was founded from oppression. Depending on how things are in the next four to eight years, depending on how things go. If the world if the world keeps going the way it is, I can't see rap not changing to reflect that. You know, if we if we continue to see more more innocent black lives being being taken by police officers by the system, so to speak, if we see more and more insane legislation by by the White House and all the xenophobia and racism and misogyny and uh, if we see all of that continue at the highest levels, I don't see how rappers could continue to pretend it doesn't exist. Right, right. So, I, I agree. And, and that's not saying that every rapper has to be quote-unquote conscious. I mean, you know, you, you know, you do need escapism. You do need to be able to smile and, and laugh and have fun and, and drink and, you know, wear party hats. But, but um... <laughs> Again, if rappers are being honest with themselves and they're being honest in their music, then I think they have to see what's going on in the world, and that has to affect their everyday thoughts, and that has to perm- that, has to, that has to permeate into their writing or or their non-writing, as it, as it were, but into their whatever it is they're spitting in the booth. It it has to like reflect in that somehow. So so again, we, we can't go back to we can't go back to '88, but I think that. If nothing else, we've seen that tough times tend to breed good music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if it's a reflection of the time, then we're going to see some things. And um, that um, angry, anti-establishment aspect of hip-hop should definitely see a rise. I will only say, in response to my own question, is that I have been surprised before. <laughs> so... Uh, I, I I will leave the door open and see that um if I'm not surprised again. That's the only answer that I can give in regards to that. Okay. So any other thoughts on the political hip hop realm? Um, not for me, man. I we'll see what happens. Talk to the artists out there. Keep you know, please just continue to be honest in your music. Rap, rap, rap is it, it is what it's gonna be. So. To be continued, I don't know. Basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Ellipsis. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll end on that note. I have a couple uh, thoughts on other things. We want to hear from you guys. So, for anybody who's been listening, um, who's been following our tweets, who's been following us on Facebook. By the way, we do have a Facebook page. Yes, we do. Um, you can find us at Oh No Loops oh, or no go loops. to facebook.com backslash oh no loops and visit us like us join in on any uh, conversations that we have we sometimes have extensions on uh, the episodes or just random things like um we posted uh video 
on uh, the Jay Della celebration in the Bay Area, That's and right. also uh, the recent uh, Run the Jewels concert. Yeah, which was fun. It was dope. Um, but uh, yeah, let's talk about that show really quick before, before we <laughs> sure b- before we close things out. How sure. did how did you feel about that show overall? Um, this was, I, this was Run the Jewels at the uh, Fox Theater in Oakland, beautiful downtown Oakland. Yes. I, I think that uh, Fox Theater has got a trademark on bass because it's just it really was, hard. Like you, you can literally feel there. the floors yes. shaking. Yeah. I, I, I think it's because the the fault line under the... Uh, huh. <laughs> but um, I thought it was great. I think that they're great with um, crowd participation and yeah. they, they, they have a great stage presence and you see them working well together. And just making everything interesting. I heard, unfortunately, that at the L.A. stop, that uh, Danny Brown and Zach De La Roca were there. Unfortunate for us. Yeah, unfortunate yeah. for us. Yeah. But we'll deal. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, I love the show. What about you? I thought it was dope. I mean, like you said, I mean, I think they really, the energy that they capturing their music is really timely and you could feel that in what you know they, they didn't get too political during the show but they, they you know LP in particular talked about a few things and just what's, what's going on in the world and their music is like really speaks to that they didn't do any non run the jewel stuff you mean as far as solo? As far as yeah, as far as solo stuff. They, I mean, they got three albums now. They have, three, they have <laughs> yeah, they're, they're three albums in, so I guess they don't have yeah, to cater they don't need to. cater to the few people who yeah. listen to them prior to Run the Jewels. Yeah, but, the, the Killer Mike wasn't gonna get up there and do all day. I dream about sex. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe in Atlanta he did. Maybe I don't, he did. I don't know. But um, and, and maybe in New York, LP did some company flow shit. Possible. Or, possible. Knows? Uh, the, the opening act, real quick, I'm going to say the opening acts. I wasn't feeling most of the opening acts. Gangsta Boo was alright. Oh, yeah. Gangsta Boo was cool, you know. Her set cool. was really short, though. It was kind of short. I mean, uh, basically, uh, what we wanted to do is uh, get you in on a conversation on a future episode, which actually has to deal with the future of hip-hop. Future. And, um... The future. The future. And what we want to do is we want to be able to, um have a conversation with you about what your thoughts are on the future of hip-hop and specifically where do you think it's going who do you think is going to be the uh, big artist over the next couple of years what do you think is going to happen as far as the topics do you think they're going to change Mm -hmm. and then also uh do you think that there's going to be room for new sounds new genres within hip-hop or it's going to stay the same so we're hoping that you would be able to email us at uh, onoloops at gmail.com or um well type an email or send a voice note to that email address hopefully we'll accumulate a few and then uh we'll might even play some or read the emails and uh get an episode going around the future of hip-hop that's right. Otherwise, if you want to contact us, again, I'm Marcus. Hello. Um, <laughs> and I'm on Twitter at UrkelMoD. That's U-R. I had to think for a second. U-R-K-E-L. <laughs> M-O-E-D-E-E. <laughs> and you are. <laughs> I'm Gene. I am at Old Dirty Plaster. O-L-D-I-R-T-Y. P-L-A-S-T-R. And like I said previously, you can reach us on Facebook. You're on Facebook. At- at Ono oh Loose. That's right. For some notes for life, always keep your ears open. 
um, even when you're listening to stuff that is not hip-hop, because you might find some surprises, you know, uh, keep your shoes clean, especially when you're walking in other people's houses. Huh. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to Own No Loops. Until next time, I don't have a closing word today. I just want you all to be safe and be aware and fuck Donald Trump. Thank you. <laughs> and God bless. Peace. Good night.